Welcome to the Constructing a Business podcast produced by the CMC Network. At CMC, we help women and minority-owned enterprises overcome the challenges they face every day in business through networking opportunities, incremental business development, and construction-focused business coaching. I'm your host. I'm Michael Obether. I'm with Supporting Strategies NYC. We're an outsourced virtual bookkeeper and controller team right here in New York City. We help construction leaders build profit. Today on the podcast, we have Pat Arcatapane, which I am not doing quite right, but he is a outsourced CFO with at least 17 years of experience across a wide variety of industries. And I'm very happy to have him on the podcast. Pat, how are you today? I'm, I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Michael? I'm doing, I'm doing great. <laughs> great. Thank you. And I'm sorry for murdering your last name. Um, <laughs> it was close. It was good. So <laughs> Pat is a, a new member of the CMC and I'm very excited to talk with him because I know he has an extensive background. And and Pat, what I really want to ask as a starting point is, you know, with your experience across all the different industries that you've worked with, what do you find what do you find unique or interesting about working with construction companies? Well, I, I kind of have a soft spot, you know, for construction because I when when my family you know came here as immigrants. They were all they all did construction work, which is, I think, true of a lot of uh, immigrants of today. They come and they have trades and they, and they work on houses and they, and they do all kinds of different uh, uh, construction related um, exercises, let's call it, or, or jobs. And so in that regard, I'm uh, I'm very used to that, you know, from my, my grandparents and my parents experience. Uh, other than that, I've worked with a few clients, you know, in the field, but I really, I really am a little bit, um, more, feel more comfortable with builders and, and people that, 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 you know, build buildings or parks or whatever they're doing, because that is like a true trade of people that immigrate to the United States. And that includes, hmm. when we talk about the, the diversity and the people, ethnic groups, they, they all do that when they come here, the families you know, generally become longshoremen or they build, or they build something. And, and, and that's like the epitome of America building things. You can do it, you know, you could say it's, it's figurative or it's literal, but either way, that's what it is. So in that regard, you know, I, I, and especially to entrepreneurs that do this, that that's really where my heart is. I'm a big entrepreneur fan and uh, I try to help entrepreneurs as much as I can. I love that answer, Pat. It might, you might've just won that question in the, <laughs> in the history of this podcast. <laughs> so excellent work. Um, but that is interesting. It's a, that's more of an emotional connection that, than, than a lot of people have with the industry, right? You know, yeah. a lot of people that I speak with in the construction space, you know, maybe they were drawn to it cause that was the experience that they fell into out of college and they, you know, they found a passion for it, but it's great to hear someone who has like a real connection to it. Does that, <laughs> Does that affect you in in a positive way? You know, if you know when you're evaluating somebody's business challenges, uh, looking at their goals for growth and such, do you find you're a little bit more emotionally connected to that goal of theirs? Because maybe you've you've seen that in your own family history. I, I am because I know that uh, that generally the people who aren't major a major construction company or a major company, let's just say, if they're just starting out or they're recently starting out and they're just trying to find their way a lot of them have challenges of speaking english you know um, 
Uh, they have no clue as to how to bid on projects, for example, or what that means, or they have no clue how to manage a project, how to hire people. You know, they, they don't, they have to learn that they can't just pay everybody off the books, you know, because they're never going to get the bigger jobs if they do things like that. Just, just so many different things that they're unaware of. And certainly I don't care how, um, how American you are, you still, most of those people don't really understand the financing and the, and the financial side of the business and, uh, and they need help. And I, I don't, I like helping entrepreneurs. I like helping people in the construction industry because they're all genuine, hardworking people that are just trying to make ends meet and, be, and become, you know, part of a part of the American culture. And I'm a, I'm a hundred percent behind those people. Now, I, I, will I make as much money with them? No, but I like them, and that's a, that's really important to me. You know, so that's more important, honestly. I mean, I like to, I have to make some money, but that's more important to me than than helping somebody that doesn't need it or doesn't you know that doesn't appreciate it. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing wrong with. Uh enjoying what you do and having it be a soulful experience rather than a, a dollars and cents effort. But that's, I like what you just said. You talked about, you know, people coming here, you know, people starting out, people needing to learn the things that have to happen. Right. Uh, you, you talked about bidding on a project. You talked about running a project. Are those the, are those the weak points or maybe you can share a couple of common weak points uh, you, you see in, in some of these younger businesses. Right. Uh, well, I think construction, unlike some other businesses, construction is more complicated in, in a lot of ways. Um, mm -hmm. I think if you just start with a concept of pricing, for example, you know, how much should I charge for this service? Now, yeah, they could charge by the hour when they're really small. But as they grow and you're going to start bidding on projects, you, you need to be able to put all that stuff together and include a profit and know what, it, what it's going to cost you. And there's too many variables uh, when you try to do like project planning and project pricing. And um, like, for example, just buying materials, the costs on everything fluctuate widely. And if so, if you under, if you under uh, evaluate what those things are going to cost, you're not going to make any money. Um, you have to know how to track your expenses. So you know what, what you've been spending. You have to know what you're going to spend before you place a bid, obviously, and, and that's very hard to do if you don't take everything into consideration. So it, this requires some experience, um, and, it, and it requires learning a little bit at least about, about cash flow and about, and about you know, you know, the, the actual business that you're in. So uh, I, I talk about bids a lot because that is a very complicated area. And it's something where a company can easily lose money if they if they don't know what they're doing. I mean, there's three components to to you know uh, the costs of a bid. It's it's the materials, it's the labor, and it's the overhead. Now, most smaller players don't understand even the concept of overhead. Like, if you have an office, you have to somebody has to pay the rent and the utilities, and you might have somebody in the office answering the phones. Whatever that is, that should be allocated to your to your overall revenue, so that you understand what kind of margin you need to put on there. And then, of course, you're competing, and that that doesn't make it any easier because you have other people competing. You know, and they don't always take the, the lowest price, but they do take in the lower end usually. So you have to you have to really know how to plan, how to think, and and then of course how to actually manage 
all those pieces. And that, I mean, that's more than one thing. That's a lot of things all rolled into one. But that's kind of what what all these people are, are, are facing. Um, the other thing is even in trying to just maintain your, your what you're doing, you have to separate, you know, your personal expenses from your business expenses. And that's a concept. It's a simple thing. You just go to the bank and open a different checking account and just use that exclusively for the business. But people don't always think about that or realize that. And that that's just some of the kinds of things that when you're starting out and when it's, you know, even after, you, you may not even realize it. A lot of construction people, especially at the lower end, uh, just work by the seat of their pants. Now, after a while, you get pretty good at it, but it would be a lot better if you could really control, you know, what you're doing, understand what you're doing, you know, uh, put together a cash flow forecast and tracking, you know, those things are critical. And I, I think, um, I think that's, those are the kind of things that can make or break, you know, a firm. Absolutely. You shared a lot there. I'm going to roll it back just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) in the, in the, in the beginning of your statement, you broke down the three main categories that, uh, that a business owner should be looking at as part of their bid, the labor, the materials and the overhead. And I think, you know, right now we're in a period where materials have been just going through the roof in terms of cost. Um, There may have been a little bit of a pullback from that, but they're still expensive. How and what what I thought about when you said that was you not only have to be aware of it as an issue, but you also have to have a process of evaluation because you might be bidding on a a program or excuse me, a project that isn't going to launch for two years. Absolutely. So what's just give me some idea if I'm a contractor, I'm bidding on this project that's happening 18 months, 24 months from now, lumber is at a certain cost. What's my process for looking to the future and saying, well, (laughs) this is what we could be spending on materials. Cause that's, that sounds like a very difficult thing to do, even for a uh, mature company. It's very difficult, but I think, I think most people in the industry understand that, including the people that are accepting the bid. So I, it might it might just be as simple as making sure that you cover that in your agreement, you know, in your proposal. Talk about contingencies so that if you have to put in a, a, a you know, an adjustment, you can, it will be in the contract that allows you to increase your price if the price of materials goes up, for example. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, you have to, you have to deal in the details of that a little more, but essentially that's one way to help that, you know, to help you, but you can't, nobody has a crystal ball that's going to tell them what the prices of all these things are. So you have to take your best shot, um, talk to, talk to whoever you have to talk to about what they think is going to happen. And, uh, and then, like I said, try to protect yourself as much as you can on, on the other end and make sure that your agreement states that you can put in for uh, um, you know, an adjustment to the contract for certain issues. I think people do that all the time. They just don't. If, again, if you're not familiar with the fact that you can do that, you, you're unlikely you're going to do it. So that's just be good. Get a good lawyer. Get somebody that, that understands the industry so that they can help. Well, that that is exactly why the CMC exists. So we have... Accountants, bookkeepers, CFOs, attorneys, contract attorneys that are here to support, really to teach 
some of those aspects that you're talking about, how to manage those in the bidding process and in the contract process so that you are covering yourself because you, you made a great point, you know, with these smaller up and comers, uh, new business leaders, like there is a lot to learn. And I think one of the main, the hardest lessons probably that these folks will learn is that sometimes it's better uh, not to get the opportunity, not to get the deal if you've underbid it, uh, because it's just, it's going to destroy you. It will. Um, it will. One, yeah. one bad bid could destroy you. Yeah. So what about labor though? Because that's, that again, it, it's, it's a similar problem. issue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> labor these days, you know, getting people to even come to work is a, is a challenge on its own. Um, you know, I don't know if labor costs fluctuate as rapidly as uh, material costs, but that, that is, again, it sounds like a thing that you can estimate and then provide or, you know, try to introduce contingencies into the contract, right. To protect yourself against, Hey, Hey, New York, you're raising a minimum wage to $25 an right. hour now. Exactly. Right. And that's the kind of thing. Labor is a little different because generally if the, if the prices on or the costs of labor go up, they're not coming back down. They're not really fluctuating. They're just going up in general. I mean, it's not a, a absolute given unless we have a, a total depression. That's the general rule is it's going up. So that's, that's even tougher than uh, the materials. Sometimes there is no, there is no ability to, to buy in advance on labor. So it makes it, right. it makes it really hard. Right. Right. So, the bid process is one thing that that is difficult. You also, in the very, very beginning of this, you mentioned managing a project, right? Yes. Now, I know that you have probably overseen, I don't know, 300 projects in your life or more at least, right? So how is that something that you consult on directly, project management strategy? I, I Yeah, I could. It's not that I do. I, I mean, I do when it when it fits the the issues. I mean, I, first thing I have to do is understand people's goals and, and if they have a strategy or try to create one with them, figure out what exactly they're trying to accomplish. And then of course, um, if they, if they're handling projects, I would, I would work with them to put together a project plan or you know, just so they understand the components that they need. I can certainly do all that. And I've done that. Uh, every, you know, every business is different, but every project plan has the same elements. So, um, some are just trickier to figure out than others, but, uh, but they have the same basic template. And so it's easy to, not easy. It's easy to at least lay it out, but then you got to make sure that what you're putting in there makes sense. And it's, it's more than just, here's a material cost, here's a labor cost. It's, it's, you got to include things like incentivizing your help. You know, you know, making sure people don't leave. There's all the general things that go along with every business. If you have a good worker, you want to make sure they stay there. You know, um, that's not necessarily part of your project plan per se, but that is part of your overall business plan. Is to maintain your labor, it's give them a 401k plan, set something up that will keep them there. So it's interesting that you bring this, that particular aspect of project management up. So one of the key areas that Viv helps with, right? When someone enters the CMC as a construction business leader, she's often helping them transition from being on the job site all day to taking a step away from the job site 
and assigning leadership to various projects and then allowing the leaders to run the projects, barring a significant emergency. But what you're talking about is retaining talent that requires you to observe talent. It requires you to recognize talent. And that is really in this situation <clears throat> means building your own ability to lead the leaders that you're assigning to these projects. Um, it's a big step for, for most, for anybody, but that's, that is a common shift in the CMC network. But it requires, it requires training more often than not and serious training. If you're going to have somebody become a leader that you can't, they yeah. don't just, I mean, sometimes you have naturals, but it's unlikely they, are, they have to learn the craft and then they have to learn how to lead. They're totally different things. And they, they, they each have to be uh, achieved. If you're going to have somebody take your place, you know, as, as, as leading a project or leading a team of people. Yeah. How often is you, have you had the opportunity to, to work with a business leader who, who is making a similar shift? maybe from direct operational support to and you know a managerial uh, I've had position. I've had numerous and I'll, I will tell you in corporate America more often than not the people that are have uh, are involved in shifting upward most of them are not competent enough to handle the, the job that they're, they get they're getting the leadership I, role right that's what I, that's what I found um, under however below, I have had many great employees working with me that I was able to promote or promote them into positions where they belong within the company, where they could actually use their skills and, 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 they, and they can, and they lead by example. I mean, I, I try to teach them by treating them a certain way, how they should be treating, you know, other people and how they should be interacting with other people. And that, you know, respect is critical in, in in any environment this is i'm getting off the topic here a little bit but it, this is really important if you're going to lead people you have to gain their respect you know and you have to think about them as much as you think about yourself so that's just a little bit of an aside but i don't think that's off topic i think that's one of the most critical things in this particular in the cmc in this whole organization because it is this is about so i i've gotten to speak with several of the you know, the actual members that Vivian is working with. And that's a, that is the position they're putting themselves in. So when they, when they come in, they might be at three to 5 million in revenue, maybe a little bit more, but after a couple of weeks of working with Vivian, their goals, right? The ultimate destination for their business usually grows dramatically. And in order to achieve that, they really have to pull back over time and learn that skill of leadership and learn that skill of mentoring new leaders. And I love what you said about corporate America's habit of moving people into leadership who really aren't necessarily skilled for it and then also not providing any training. And the reason I like that you point that out is I think for the last few decades, there's this, been this idea that if you're in the trades or you're in construction, something bad happened right? You should have been in corporate America or whatever. I feel like that's shifting a little bit, I, I, I hope. Um, but it's nice to see that that challenge exists in corporate America as much as it does in the construction world. So bringing it back to the work of helping a construction company grow, 
you know, obviously the bid process is very important. Where else do you see new construction business owners falling down in terms of their ability to grow their practice, grow their business? Uh, well, like I said, you've got to put all the pieces together if you're going to really grow your business. And, and there's so many aspects to that. But the, the, one of the most critical elements is understanding your, your financials, understanding how you're going to make money, laying it out before you tackle something. Uh, getting that all together when you're when you're really small, you can do it because you're saying, okay, it'll take ten hours. I'll charge, you know, two hundred an hour, and this is what it's going to cost, you know, plus the materials, you know, so whatever they cost, and you can get away with that when you're doing somebody's house, you know, but you can't get away with that when you're doing larger aspects and you're putting in a bid, you're telling people what you're going to, you charge them, uh, so you really have to understand the numbers and you have to understand them on a long term basis. So that you know where you, you know, you always start a business. I don't care what business it is, construction or anything else. You start with where do I want to be? What am I shooting for? What are my objectives? You know, and then you can, and once you understand that, you can put to start to put together all the elements that make that happen. But along with the numbers are the staffing, you know, are, you know, uh, the, the incentives, the, the, the people, people are critical to any business. And if there's one big mistake that people make, they think I'm the boss and these are the people that work here and they're getting paid. So I don't have to be that nice. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. You know, you have to respect everybody that works for you. And if you don't, they shouldn't be working there you know, or you shouldn't be working one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the next episode, how to fire yourself. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a bad leader. <laughs> Well, that's a big, that's a big lift, right? It's not right. Learning to be a great leader, learning to develop leadership, learning to quote properly, learning to project manage. Those are skill sets that take years to learn. Right. I mean, I think that's why people come to the CMC in the first place. Um, you know, and in your background, I know you're not all things to all people, right? You, you're an you're a CFO, you, you have a very specific, uh, usually, I'm sure you're brought in for a very specific set of goals. Um, I'm just curious, like, if you are a val in a situation, small construction company, are you going through the process of understanding where their business is, what their business goals are, and also sort of simultaneously evaluating their interpersonal skill set and how they're treating people beneath them and, and slowly... It takes time. You them along. It's not only is the, that whole project a, a long-term thing, but so is understanding a person and their business and all of that. There are certain things that are much easier to put into place. They don't have a, they don't have an accounting system. You, you get them QuickBooks, you know, right. that, that those are basics. You can get to the basics very quickly. You know, the rest of the stuff can be taught, but it, it should be taught subtly and it should be taught Again, with respect, you know, and, and show the logic of, of what you're doing. And that, that is more of a social interaction in some ways than a, that's a training. But it's all part of it. It's all part of the way you work with people. You show them how you work. You show them how they should work. That's, that all comes with the introduction of all the other things that I'm talking about. It's not separate. You don't just say, okay, now we're going to talk about how do you talk to people. No. It all, it all is part of the equation, and that's how I look at it. And I think if they just spend a little time, or I spend a little time with them, 
they, they kind of get the gist of what I'm, I'm trying to accomplish and why, uh, in addition to just laying out. But I, but I always go in and talk about goals first. I want to understand what they're, what they're looking for, what they think they can do, wh- why they think they can do that or not do that or whatever it is. That's the, that is the beginning. It's to just understand what they're trying to accomplish in their life, in their business, whatever it is. So we want to make them happy across the board, and we want to make everyone there happy. It's, it's a big goal. It, does, it can't always achieve that perfectly, but if you put them on the right track, they'll, they'll figure out the rest. They're, most of these people are very smart. You know, they're just not trained. You know? They just don't have the background, but they're very smart. I actually I love that as a as a sort of wrap up statement from you because I think it shows that you have a lot of faith in people and that given half an opportunity and a little bit of leadership, people who may otherwise be second guessing themselves can make significant progress in their business. So if there is a listener or a viewer right now who wants to talk to you about their goals, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, just Email me, give me a call. I don't, I don't know. How can I <laughs> give them that information? Or you can. You can share it. Share your email and your phone number. Um, all right. Well, my com- the company I work with is uh, Pro CFO Partners. Uh, so you can reach me at my, my first and last name, which I think it's on the screen. Can everybody see that? It'll, no? be in the, it'll be in the comments below. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. No, because it's on, on my screen. I see my name but um, and your name. So uh, it's mine. It's Pat dot at pro CFO partners dot com. That's my email address. My phone number is probably easier. It's 914-318-3219. And if you're going to call me, just leave a message if I don't pick up because I don't always pick up numbers I don't recognize. So just uh, just uh, leave me a message and I'll I'll call you right back. Okay, I'll That's say my great. I'll say my phone number one more time. 914-318-3219 and I'll be happy to talk to anyone who needs uh, some support. I love it. So if you are watching and you'd like to see more of this, definitely go to our website. It's www.cmcnetwork.co. Sign up for our mail list. We have new content coming out all the time. We have, we have blog posts written by our pro members like Pat. We have interviews like this with our members like Pat talking about the very common challenges that new businesses face every day. And that's what we're here to help you solve. So you can move on and achieve those goals that Pat was talking about and grow the business you're looking to grow. This is Michael Obather with supporting strategies. Thank you for watching.